Good morning. I'm going to share just a few words, and then I was going to ask the children to help me with the rest of my sharing this morning, but seeing that there are so few here, I am going to declare you all children of God, and from the beginning, we'll learn uh, the, the, the verse of the year together. So, I am a lover of stillness, but it feels like a rare commodity in my life. The words of our hymn today, Fragmentary Prayers, might be a generous name for my stillness practice. A better name might simply be Stillness on the Run. Sometime during my early years of parenting, I came across the concept of one-minute retreats, and that got me started. Over the years, that's almost 20 years by now, I find I have a small collection of one-minute retreats that has seamlessly become a part of each day. They take up almost no time, but have become as necessary to me as breathing. In fact, the first retreat of my day is simply taking several good belly breaths before I even get out of bed in the morning. Here are a few others. A moment at my kitchen window with my first sip of hot green tea as I notice the morning skyscape and the birds. Holding my breakfast bowl with two hands with the words of Thich Nhat Hanh in mind. In this food, I see clearly the presence of the entire universe supporting my existence. It's fun to see who or what comes to mind each day as I consider with gratitude how the natural world or the web of relationships in my life is also holding me. The moments in my massage work as I prayerfully make up my table in anticipation of my clients coming, and the moments afterward as I clean up, offering a blessing for my client. Looking at the night sky as I take my dog Zoe out for the last time each day, and practicing child's pose on the floor beside my bed each night, first remembering what was good in the day, then naming all my unfinished tasks and worries that are bound to keep me up that night, and offering them into God's hands. The prayerful movements I create to accompany our church's verses of the year also get woven into my morning stretching routine, usually to end that time. Here I'd like to teach you one to accompany this year's verse, Be still and know that I am God. This is a simple movement with two parts, just like the two parts of the verse, and this is how it looks. And I apologize to the people at home on Zoom if I get out of the, the field of vision. Um, could I move this um, so people could see me there, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Okay. So this is how it looks. Two parts of a step. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Okay. Uh, I invite you all to stand. And since there's so few of you, why don't you think of spacing yourselves out in the aisles or up front here? Um, and I'll talk about how to do this. First of all, let's think about our feet. And first, we'll stand with our feet about shoulder width apart. 
And then we'll think of shifting the weight a little bit to one foot, lifting the other foot up, and then planting it down on the heel. And then your other leg will be a little bit bent. Okay. And then you're going to shift your weight forward to the front foot so the toe in the back is just touching, or you could even try to lift it off a little bit if you like and see if you can balance. Okay. Let's think about what our hands are doing. First, they're coming up. They're open. We pull them down and put them into fists right by our waist. Okay. And then when we step forward, we're going to open the hands and release them up. Okay. So let's see if we can put that together. Okay. So standing with feet uh, about shoulder-width apart, hands up, shifting the weight a little, coming down, and shifting forward. Okay. One more time. Let's add the words. Ready? Be still and know that I am God. Okay. Um, why did I choose these? I'm thinking about what Melanie was sharing this morning, where be still really means just stop, okay? So here we are walking along through life. Be still, okay? And then the second part, and know that I am God. To me, that feels like some kind of comfort or release, and we can feel that in our hands and as we move forward, okay? All right, let's do it very slowly. Take a little time in each part and just notice what you're feeling in your body as you do this. Ready? Be still. And know that I am God. One thing I notice is that when I'm in this part, it makes me want to take a deep breath in, and then when I go to this part, I want to release my breath, my out-breath. So let's try it without the words and just with the breath this time. Ready? Let's try it, keep going forward. I'm thinking of that song, Be Still, God Will Fight Your Battles. Can you think that song as we do it? Be still, God will fight your battles. Be still, God will fight your battles. Be still, God will fight your battles. God will fight your battles if you just be still. Okay. One more time, let's just change it to the words of the scripture, okay? Be still, know that I am God. Ready? Be still, know that I am God. Be still, know that I am God. Be still, know that I am God. Know that I am God and just be still. Good. Uh, thank you for having fun with me, and I do encourage all of you to play with the words and the movement 
slower or faster, and share with each other what insights you might learn from this practice. Um, and thank you. So um, when I agree to do something in life, like, for example, share as part of a multi-voice sermon at church, and I tell Kristen about it, her off-the-cuff reaction is usually quite telling and quite accurate. And I don't know if that's because we've been married for several decades, if she's more intuitive than I am, she knows me better than I know myself, or all of the above. So when I initially told Kristen that I was going to be sharing on the verse, be still and know that I am God, her reaction was along the lines of, well, this will be interesting. <laughs> uh, Kristen elaborated a little bit more, saying that this isn't the first verse that comes to mind when she thinks of me. And I had to agree. And then I had to set about figuring out why that is. Um, for your sakes, I hope this is interesting. Kristen said it would be. <laughs> So let's start by talking about ducks. You know how ducks look all calm, gliding on the surface of the water? The picture of being still. Yet below their surface, the surface, their flappy feet are paddling like crazy. Well, I can relate. 99, I'd say 99.9% .9 of the time, when you see me in public, um, on the surface, I present like the calm part of the duck. <laughs> it's, it's something I really strive to do, is just look, come across as put together, and I've got this under control. Um, but the unseen bits below the surface are another story. I am a person who lives with anxiety, and that's just not an opinion, it's a professional diagnosis. This anxiety defines and animates the below the surface part of me. Being still on the surface, I can do that. Being still in the unseen areas, that's a challenge. As it turns out, duck syndrome is actually a thing. If you Google it, duck syndrome has a number of hits. It's not an official diagnosis or anything, but it's defined as people may, a person with duck syndrome may appear calm and seem to be gliding through their life and effortlessly meeting demands. But in reality, 
They are frantically trying to keep up and stay afloat. There is also a, uh, this is my own separate diagnosis code. Uh, there could also be something called Donald Duck syndrome, <laughs> which is more complex and involves the comorbidity of refusing to wear pants. <laughs> you have to Google Donald Duck and then you'll get that. <laughs> Eugene Peterson, in his translation of the message, translates our 2022 verse as, Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. I appreciate how this translation moves the command of to be still from a simple inaction to inaction coupled with self-preservation. Step out of the traffic. Whenever you're going to take a good, long, loving look at anything, it's best to step out of traffic first. As we are instructed in this verse, the act of being still, of letting go, of the anxious thoughts that bind, blind, and burden opens the way toward comprehending the goodness of God. Interestingly, one of the ways that I practice being still involves the top half of my body doing very little movement and my bottom half pedaling like crazy, not unlike our duck friends. I've been a bicyclist for over 30 years, originally drawn to it by the solitude, the pleasant sensory overload, and the speed. It's only been recently that it occurred to me that bicycling at its core is really a deep breathing exercise. And breath awareness is one of the most intimate ways that we can connect with God. Um, and Danette helped us with that already this morning. One of the most ancient names for God is simply Yahweh, which, is, which cannot be spoken. It can really only be recreated by an inhalation and an exhalation. Last week in his sermon, Todd mentioned the cocktail party that all of us play host to in our minds. And I think we all realize that that's true. And it's often most noticeable when we attempt to quiet ourselves. When God counsels us to be still, it's more than an invitation to mimic the inaction of the top half of the duck, which belies the frantic reality below. Truly being still demands that we address the mental cocktail party that we are all hosting. For some of us, perhaps the best way to be still is not by being still at all. And then in that active stillness, taking a long, loving look at our high God. Most of the time when I ride bike, if I'm honest, I'm simply riding bike. It's not a spiritual discipline. <laughs> but occasionally, in the bicycle-induced stillness, I do realize at a deep level that God is. Thanks.
beyond my understanding, one with supernatural power, creator of all the beauty around me, designer of seasons, architect of the human body. I can understand in awe of such. Creation itself, Richard Rohr says, is the first incarnation of Christ that reveals the past to God. What helps me to know God in a more personal way is remembering that God is also a God of relationship. This Christmas we again celebrated this amazing reality that God sent Jesus to be our sibling to walk among us, to help us get a better glimpse of God's love and image in us, which in turn shows us how to be that connecting link of God's love to others as we bump along on this uh, together on our earthly journey. Sometimes I flounder, wondering where God is when I feel burdened, when things aren't going right, when loved ones die too soon, when a friend doesn't get the job I thought for which they were qualified, when cancer strikes, or even in the little thing if I can't find a parking place at a crucial time. Remembering that God's gracious love is the one and only constant in life, I welcome the privilege of this gift, always, and especially in these boat-rocking times. Here are some practices that help me rest with this rock-solid anchor. Before I crawl out in the morning, I offer the two-word prayer that Todd once told us is enough, even if it's the only prayer one ever prays. And I just thank you. Early in my day, I offer a prayer that begins, Oh God, this morning I have come into the quietness and stillness of your presence to begin the day so that out of this moment I may take with me a quiet serenity which will last me through the rough and the smooth of this day's life. I walk the Mill Creek Trail close to our house as often as I can, soaking in the oxygen of trees, listening to the rippling water flowing west, eavesdropping into the chatter party of the Canada geese, standing a moment in sync with the still light pose of the great blue heron, and breathing in and out that little yet sufficient two-word prayer Thank you. When I am driving here or there and need a sure God connection, I just check the dash where last year's verse holds, still holds a prominent place. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me um, and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. It still makes my heart happy when I remember then six-year-old Isaiah's creative tune he set to those words and sang for us about a year ago on church soon. There is a love seat in the loft of our house that has become a sacred nook to which I retreat. Sacred because it is a place of many God encounters. I enjoy before bedtime walks around our little village of summer breeze, be it full moon, rain, or snow, 
features worthy of evening praise and leaving to God those things that I can't change, can't solve. The practice that seems to work best for me in knowing God is usually not being physically still, but rather posing, pushing an emotional pause button in the routine, in the routine of my day to stop and just be.